Hey everybody, I'm Michael Posnick from Century 21 Northumberland. Welcome to my podcast, and I have our very special guest back again, Patty Campbell, a power broker from Powerhouse Realty. Patty will be joining us today. Our topic today is something I've wanted to cover a long time on my YouTube, but of course I'd have to make my hair look pretty and get all dressed up, so I haven't done it. The topic is these people that inquire on properties either off MLS or they give you a phone call and they ask you questions that you can't answer. And I'm going to get into why in a second. Second part of this quick podcast episode will be buyers uh, dealing with buyers agents, listing agents, and so forth. So essentially on a daily basis, many agents that have listings get phone calls and emails, you know, tell me about the property. And then they get questions like, what will they take for the property? Are they motivated? What's the scenario? They're looking for things like divorces, foreclosures, can't pay their debts. They're looking for bad stuff to use as leverage as a purchaser. Unbeknownst to them, as a listing agent, my responsibility in legal terms, my fiduciary responsibility in real estate terms agency, basically I am representing the listing agent 100 or the listing 100%. So I'm, I'm representing that listing, that house, land, business, whatever. So it's my job to do everything I can to get the owner big bucks, Super nice, clean contract, nice deposit, all that sort of stuff that owners love. My job is not to give the purchaser a bunch of ammunition and dirt on the vendors that they can use against me so I can get a lousy offer that nobody wants. That is the responsibility of a listing agent, to present that property in the best means possible. If they want, they can get represented by a buyer's agent that would have the fiduciary responsibility or agency to the buyer. And they can dig up the dirt. They can find out that the place was bought two months ago for 32000 on the deed registry and it wasn't put on MLS. Now they want 170000 for it. They just replaced the floors, which are on top of asbestos tile and rotten flooring. So basically, the point I'm making is... When you call a listing agent, that listing agent represents the seller of that property, not you. So if they're doing a good job, they're going to make every property sound like a positive. Patty, go ahead. No, I I agree along. Uh, as a listing agent, and predominantly that is um, what I am, yes, my fiduciary obligation and responsibility is to the seller. Um, I cannot share personal information unless permission has been given to me by my seller client as to why they're selling um, the property. Now, a lot of when you're getting into asbestos and that there is as a listing agent um, to better serve my seller client, I do try my best to insist um, and I probably get over 90% of my sellers to fill out a property condition disclosure statement with regards to your statement about asbestos, um, because if my client is aware, I would rather that come up um, and my client get full full disclosure. So anyways, just with regards to that note, 
Um, but yeah, as a listing agent, uh, we cannot disclose, you know, again, unless instructed by the seller, why the seller is selling whatever the piece of land, the residential property, the business, uh, again, unless otherwise instructed by by the seller. So um, yeah, your role exactly as you say is to showcase the property in the best light, enhancing the features. Here's Here are the, the strengths of this particular product that we have offered. Right. And you tipped on something that sort of a rabbit trail to this conversation, but disclosure. It's extremely important, in my opinion, to be as honest as possible and disclose any material facts you know about the property if you're a seller. Because if you don't, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble down the road when the new purchaser moves in and the neighbors tell them the basement was flooded, they just installed asbestos siding, and their place is infested with rodents, unless you like rodents. But the the fact is, you know, we ran into a scenario recently where the agents were, they, they both seem like they're represented representing the seller, even though they weren't. The buyer had their own agent, but she was obviously in cahoots with the listing agent. You say that was fair? I would say the buyer's agent and the listing right. agent. Right. So the, so the question posed to the buyer's, both agents actually, was when did the house last sell and how much did they pay for it? And the reply is, well, the last time it was on MLS was in 2012. And that wasn't the question. MLS is just a database that agents and brokers use to put data in. It's not the holy grail to what happened with that property. The holy grail would be the registry with the tax department, which would tell you actually what transacted. And in this case, the house just recently transacted at a substantially smaller amount as a private sale, as a, uh, I think it was a property tax sale from the province. It wasn't in this province. It was in another province, but it's the same. But that wasn't disclosed. That should have been disclosed when you're paying you know, 10 times or five times more for the house than it transacted for two years prior, there's probably something wrong. Reactivate truck. We're in our F-150 recording studio today again. So having said all this, the bottom line is know who is representing you as a buyer or a seller. As a seller, it's pretty simple. You sign a listing agreement. You sign an agency disclosure. The fiduciary responsibilities is to you. But when you're a buyer, the, the waters get much more muddy. And maybe Patty can explain, explain the four different categories or three categories plus being a customer as far as the, the legal terminology is concerned. Yeah, there are three types of agency that um, consumers need to be aware of. So seller's agency, which we kind of just went into a little bit in depth here uh, to some degree, but then there's buyer's agency. Um, buyer's agency means you have your own agent and with a different company, a different brokerage than who the seller has uh, their listing uh, being advertised or promoted with. So uh, it's a completely separate company. That buyer that buyer's agent represents you. Their fiduciary obligation or responsibility should be to disclose and get as much information about the property as possible. Um, but just know things 
with regards to, and this is something we've been discussing at my office, um, we can't disclose uh, as realtors information on the demographic, you know, the nationalities, the age, the demographic, like we can't get into those kinds of items. So just a heads up, if these things are important to you, you would have to do your searches on your own because we're not allowed to discriminate uh, against any subdivisions or areas. Um, but anyway, so buyers, agents uh, do are responsible to, you know, disclose to the best of their ability, you know, defects that they may find within the home. They're representing you. They should be pulling a full registry report um, on the property, letting you know what the property taxes are. Knocking on neighbors' doors. Yeah, that's a good idea. And um, just uh, property condition disclosure statements. Not all agents are advocates of getting their seller clients to provide one of these. Some of them say it's not worth the paper that it's written on. I do disagree with that. I feel it shows transparency. I feel it does instill a level of confidence into a buyer client if I'm representing the buyer. I feel more confident being able to promote make that. that our next podcast. Oh, cool. Okay. And these are the services that, that we provide as a buyer's agent. Uh, a buyer's agent, just because someone says, um, hey, Michael, I'd like to see this property. And Michael takes you out and shows you the property. That does not imply agency um, necessarily. Uh, so there's agency is a huge deal. It, could take a, a week training course uh, for lawyers to to you know do a, a law training, and we're just really keeping this super simple. But as long as for our listeners um, are educated and know what the differences are, so buyer's agent, different brokerage, uh, for, they represent you, the buyer. Um, then there's something called limited dual. So limited dual agency is handled differently depending on the province in which you live in. Some provinces do not allow it at all. Some provinces um, will allow the same uh, brokerage, but not the same agent. You are still in dual um, agency. However, uh, you are at least arm's length away from uh, the clients. And then some, like Prince Edward Island, were allowed to do limited dual agency where the same agent can represent the buyer and the seller. So that, will, so that would be like a divorce lawyer representing the husband and the wife. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It shouldn't happen. I and agree. That also allows the agent, the listing agent, to double end the listing. So they double their commission because that would normally have been split with the buyer's agent. But in this case, since they're representing both sides, they're incentivized by that. And they're trying to represent both sides. So by trying to represent both sides, they can't really represent both sides. Getting back to the husband and wife scenario you know, in a divorce, let's say, as long as they agree amicably, and this is what we're going to do, and you can have the house, and I'll have the cars, and we're done, that's fine. But if you're getting into any negotiating potential at all, which you are most of the time, you should have your own representation. And it's... And that's a good right there. Um, under limited dual agency, you have no representation. Um, and, and especially as it pertains to price, you are completely on your own, uh, trying to blindly determine and navigate your way through the purchasing process and the selling process. So as a listing agent, if I, and I have in the past, uh, and I will <clears throat> uh, 
full disclosure, about 33% of my business used to be limited dual when we were in a buyer's market. Because the buyer's market, my inventory would sit sometimes for a year, two years before it would transact. At that point in time, I didn't feel it was such a a, a huge concern um, because the property had been sitting on the market. The market's responding, it's talking. And I mean, our market back then was pretty slow, but um, <clears throat> I did used to do a lot of limited dual. Today, not so much, especially when we were in the seller's market, because I felt it was doing a disservice to the buyer not being able to advise them um, with regards to price. And I wasn't going to work against my seller client um, and plant a different seed in the buyer's head and then speak out of both sides of my mouth and then go back to the seller and say this. And you just can't do it. And it's just going to age you. So maybe you should take a look at your realtor and see how aged they, they've been in the last couple of years. Because um, if you do this business right, ethically, um, and responsibly, you should be able to sleep at night. If you are trying to tiptoe both sides of the line, uh, it will age you, it will stress you out. And that's not something that I care to to have happen to myself personally. So limited dual, as it, especially as it pertains to price, I can go back and forth and say, seller wants this closing, buyer wants that closing. Um, you know, this might be a closing that, that could work for both parties. But when it comes to price, you have no representation you were out to sea by yourself, hoping to get the property at the price that you want. Uh, your agent should not say anything with regards to price, uh, saying, well, if you come in at this, I bet I can get it accepted. You've just found yourself with an unethical realtor or real estate sales representative, in my opinion. Or a listing agent that without permission from the vendor or owner, that indicates that the owner is motivated and just bought another house and is going through a divorce and just lost her job and like you've just supplied that purchaser with all kinds of leverage to bring in a really really bad offer which in most cases is not what the vendor for the owner is looking for and the owners are probably never none the wiser that this conversation is going on behind the scenes either probably not wondering why she keeps getting crappy offers yet the other thing to cover in this very exciting conversation about agency is uh, the the agents in an office under a broker represent that broker. So if you're dealing with two different agents from the same brokerage, in essence, you're dealing with the same legal entity. And that's where it gets complicated, depending on what province you're in, if that's even allowed in some places. Some states and provinces, they don't allow that at all, period. You have to go to a different brokerage. In some provinces, it's okay, but then they have a third person as an intermediary, buyer's agent, pseudo, whatever. So we're not going to get into that. Bottom line is, know who represents you, and don't phone the listing agent and ask them a bunch of silly questions about how motivated the seller is. If they tell you, don't hire that listing agent, because they're supposed to be representing the seller, unless they've been advised by that seller to tell everybody they're going through a divorce and they're losing their their pension and they're in dire straits and just bought another house and they don't have the permission to typically convey that information so we're just over 15 minutes it's super high tide here on the island it's almost a foot from the uh the front lawn of the yacht club here we're on the waterfront our podcast has been incredibly successful we've had 10 downloads from the first episode we're hoping to 
double that with the second at 20. It just came out yesterday at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. And this being the third, we'll see what happens. If anything, it's fun. It's disorganized. It's unscripted. And I apologize if we've confused anyone because agency and fiduciary responsibility and the agent-broker relationship is, like Patty said, it's a week's conversation or course in itself. And it confuses realtors to agents, real estate professionals. It does. And they also confuse, and I said this before the podcast, your buyer's agreement. So if you are working with a buyer's agent and that buyer's agent gets you to sign a buyer's contract, a lot of them think that's synonymous with agency, which it's not. They're two different agreements typically signed together, but they're not the same thing. I could, I could write that any way I wanted. Anyway, be sure to do whatever you do to a podcast. I'm not a podcast expert. We started this spur of the moment, but I understand you can give us at least six to ten stars. And uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening, Patty. Yeah, thanks for listening. Fun conversation. Lots more that could be gotten into, but much more interesting one. Yeah, more interesting one. Sounds good. We'll do the property disclosure form. Have a good day.